Hey, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Everybody ready for Christmas? Everybody ready? I, oh, boy. Oh, I don't know. That didn't sound like anybody's ready. I'm ready, uh, and I'm so glad that you're here, however you're preparing yourself for Christmas. Uh, I'm glad you're here, and, and I want to say hello to all of you who are out there watching online. Uh, you could really be doing anything with, with your day where you are, and thanks for just making us a part of your day and allowing God in. And I pray, I always pray that his presence is here. I know it is, and that you're just allowing him uh, in on, on what's going on in your journey with him. Um, so, hey, let's get to it. If, if you have your Bibles or phones and sermon notes, all that stuff, go ahead and grab those, get them ready, uh, and you can open up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Uh, so we are, uh, as you're getting to Luke 2, we're going to spend the next several weeks uh, just really looking at one word, joy. We're going to look at joy. Uh, there are a lot of words that, that are attached, that are tied to Christmas and joy uh, is one of the biggest. I think it's one of the biggest, and so we're going to spend some time talking about why, uh, why joy is so tied to that. There are a lot of things that uh, I love about Christmas, a lot of things uh, that I love. One of them is smells. I love Christmas smells. There are smells that just bring Christmas into me. I love the smell of Christmas trees, okay? Anybody with me? I know some of you out there are not with me, and I kind of directly contributed to that. Uh, so come and clean if you weren't here a few years ago. Uh, I actually, we gave out a, a pine-scented car freshener to everybody, and, and, and it said Christmas is coming on it, and you put it in your car. So then every time you got in your car, you're like, ah, Christmas is coming. Boy, did I get a lot of feedback about that, okay? Like, uh, and there was actually somebody came up to me and said, my car still smells like Christmas. It was April, everybody. It was April. <laughs> So I'm sorry if I contributed to that. Uh, but a recent survey, a recent survey that I found, uh, said that of all the smells of Christmas, uh, the Christmas tree was number one, was the number one smells uh, that people said. Uh, top five smells, the other smells uh, that, that people love. Number two was cookies. Cookies, that's a good one. Number three is cinnamon. Number four, anybody want to take out what number four is? You won't get it. It's hot cocoa. Hot cocoa. Number four. And number five was tied with gingerbread and peppermint. So those are the smells of Christmas. Uh, but Christmas tree was number one. And so in this survey, when, when they were asking the questions, they actually asked about what they felt uh, when they smelled these smells. And so the number one feeling that people said they had when they smelled Christmas trees uh, was joyful. Joyful. Now, uh, I find that interesting. That is interesting to me that that is what the most common feeling that they said they had uh, with that, and, and here's why: because this survey was not done by a Christian group; it was actually done by the Real Christmas Tree Board. Okay, that's fine. Interesting that Christmas trees was the number one. I'm just saying; I don't know if there's bias or anything. But of all the feelings that they could have said, joyful was the most common. And and here's why I think this is true. Here's why I think joyful is uh, true of that. Because here's the thing, gang: when, when you start to look around, right? When you go into the stores and, and you start uh, to see the yards and you listen to the music around Christmas time, you see the word joy all over the place, don't you? I see it in yards all over the places. I've been uh, noticing that. So so here's what I want to say: Why why is joy so intrinsically tied to Christmas? Well, here's why, everybody. Joy is one of the major themes around Jesus. Did you know that? That's why he came. It's all over the Christmas story. In fact, uh, when you start reading the Christmas story in Luke and Matthew, the word joy will come up eight times uh, in the Christmas story. And so we're going to start there in Luke 2 
and see one of those times that we come across it. Uh, if you want to follow along with us, we'll have it up here on the screens. But it's Luke 2. Uh, we'll just read for a bit. Here's what it says. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him as was expecting a child. Uh, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So good news of great joy. That's where we encounter it. Uh, and, you, and you'll see it all through the Christmas story. But, but here's the thing, everybody. Uh, the word joy isn't just in the Christmas story. It's actually everywhere in the Bible. The word joy or rejoice is found hundreds and hundreds of times in the Bible. And so I want to look at a few of those. I want to look at a few of those to maybe get to a point that we're going to get to today with this word joy. Just a few places that I want to say. So, so Psalm 16, I love Psalm 16. It says this about God. Hey, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Uh, in Romans 15 it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Here's what Jesus had to say about joy. Jesus said a lot about joy. He said this, So also you have sorrow now, but I'll see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. And he also said this when they asked him about what he was talking about. So they're like, well, Jesus, what are you talking about? He said, hey, listen, these things I've spoken to you that, your, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And I love what Peter says. Here's what Peter says. He says, and he's talking about Jesus. He says, Jesus, he says though you've not seen Jesus, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. So there's just a few of the hundreds of places that you'll see joy. So, so here's what I'm putting forward for this series, all right? And today with what we're going to talk about and everything that we just read. Here's what I want to say. Joy cannot be found without Jesus. That's my point. That's the whole big idea. Joy cannot be found apart from Jesus. Now, I think you can have good feelings. I think you can have things that cause you to be merry. Uh, I think that you can find things that, that make you happy for a time and all that. But I don't believe that you can experience the benefits and completeness that comes with joy apart from knowing Jesus. It's why he came, everybody. Joy and salvation are intrinsically tied together. And so it's why I believe you see the word joy so much at Christmas time. And it's why uh, that word is on the tips of people's tongues, and they don't even know it. Isn't that interesting? I just find that very interesting. And so real quick before we get into to talking about a few things, I do want to talk about a difference. Like, what is the difference 
that joy makes. What's the difference between joy and, and everything else that we feel that are good feelings? Uh, so uh, I want to look at that, and then we're going to look at some things that actually get in the way of the joy that Jesus brings. So the first difference, uh, if you want to write it down, is that, that joy is different because it's internal. And happiness is uh, external. Like good feelings and all that stuff, that's, that's external. So uh, there are things that, that are happening outside uh, of you all the time. Right? There are things that are happening outside all the time, and they are not controllable. Right? It's, it's, unpredictable. It's, it's unpredictable like the winter in West Virginia is. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll snow, and then it's 65 two hours later. You know what I'm saying? Like it's totally unpredictable. Uh, you just never know. But joy is this thing. Joy is this thing that's going on on the inside. It's going on the inside that happens, and it happens in the middle of anything and everything that's happening on the outside. So it's just something different that's happening on the inside. Even on the worst days, you can still have this thing going on on the inside. So it's not, joy is not based on the conditions going on. Uh, It's a major difference with everything else. And uh, here's what I want to say. There are are Christians who are absolute uh, miserable messes, okay? They're, they're, They're humbugs and and grumps, grumps, you know, and, and, and it's true, right? Uh, and it's a bummer. It's a bummer that there are Christians that are grumps. But uh, they're like that. They're like that because they're letting what happened on the outside shape their life. Doesn't mean they don't have joy, but what they're doing is they're, they're, they're missing it. It's a bar- there's a barrier happening that is getting in the way, and they're allowing the things that are on the outside shaping their life. If you've ever seen two people go through the exact same experience but have two completely different reactions, that's why. That's why uh, the major difference in joy is that what's going on in the inside absolutely can change you so much that no matter what's happening on the outside won't impact you as much. That, that's just a difference in joy. Here's the second difference uh, is that joy, we kind of said, is absolutely based on Jesus. Joy is absolutely and solely based on Jesus. So uh, what is joy? What, what is joy? Uh, here's what I would say joy is. Joy is a complete confidence and satisfaction in something, okay? Complete confidence and satisfaction in something. Uh, It is a deep-rooted certainty and assurance, all right? Now, why Jesus is the only thing that can actually be that object is because everything else has flaws. Even my kids, especially your kids, all right? Merry Christmas, all right? So, But it's true, it's true. Joy comes from something deeper and more reliable than anything else that the world offers. It comes from something that doesn't have any problems and something that cannot change. So so you see what I'm saying? It comes from something that doesn't have any problems and and never changes. And that's what comes with Jesus. Everybody, that's what he offers you. That's why he came came to offer you that. And it's an amazing thing that he offers us with the salvation that he brings. And so when Jesus, what we just read earlier, what Jesus says, hey, no one can take your joy from you, and he said, it's my joy, right? He said, nobody can take that joy from you. What he's meaning is it's something that he gives, and it's something that's not from the world. He's not from the world, everybody. He came uh, from somewhere else other than the world. He came from heaven, okay? Uh, and so uh, now check this out. Here's what we could do with this. This is why this is a really important one. Uh, so because uh, I put Jesus in that spot for joy, right? If when, I, when I place him in there, uh, in that spot for joy, and I don't try to put that kind of burden on my kids uh, or Courtney or anything like that uh, because they cannot do what only Jesus can do. So I, when I put them in that spot, that puts them in a weird place, okay? But because I do that, when I put Jesus there, here's what I do, everybody. I let them off the hook to be my savior and satisfaction. Like, I don't put that on them because it's impossible for them to do that. And here's what it does for me, everybody. It frees me up to love them the way that God wants me to love them. It's amazing. And, and I'm telling you, that's the secret 
to, to satisfying relationships. That's the secret to really great relationships, if you want to know what that is. It's because we are putting Jesus in the place that nobody else belongs. And I think the problem happens when you put people in the place that only Jesus can be. That's the secret. So that's the second difference, that, that joy is solely based on Jesus. Here's the third one, is that joy comes from choice, not by chance. Joy comes from choice, not chance. So, so here's, uh, here's the problem with happiness, and we've talked about this all the time. Uh, but happiness, I believe, is something God wants for you. I think he wants you to be happy. I don't think he doesn't want you to experience those notes in your life, those, those mountaintop times where you're happy. I, lo- I think he really does want you to have that. Uh, but here's the problem with happiness. This is why he's not putting everything into this. It's not up to you. Like, happiness isn't up to you. But joy, gang, it's up to you as a follower of Jesus Christ because it's a choice that you get to make. It's a choice that you get to make. Joy is, joy is the determined choice to praise God at all times, to honor God with whatever's happening, to give him your thanks in, in, in every situation of your life in all things. And, and God wants you to have a life full of joy, full of joy. Now, wouldn't it be great if we just had our tanks full of joy all the time, wouldn't that be fantastic? I think it would be. But here's the truth. This is the truth. And this is where we're going to go to today. Even though we want that, because uh, those things sound great. Like, those, those seem pretty ironclad uh, to have. But even though we know that and we know that they come from Jesus, here's what I'm going to talk about. There are barriers that get in the way of joy, right? There are things that fight against you having joy all the time. And so here's what that means. That means we have to fight to get that joy in our lives, to, for that to take over uh, the barriers that are trying to creep in. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look, just today, there's a bunch of them, and we're going to look at three barriers that, that happened in the Christmas story uh, to, to tie those in, and then how a choice with each one of these characters uh, brings in the joy, breaks the barrier that wants to be there, and brings in the joy of Jesus uh, that wants to come. Okay, so if you want to turn with me, uh, turn to Luke 1, and we're going to look at the first character. Uh, it's going to be Mary. Now, we get to Luke 1, before we get to Mary, I do want to point this out. I want to just say something really quick. Uh, the Christmas story uh, is a situation that was not at all expected, okay, and, and, and anticipated, and the stresses were unbelievable, all right? They were unbelievable with a lot of people. Uh, so I know we want to uh, romanticize the story, and I don't want, I, I, I'm fine with that. I think it's great. I'm cool with that. Uh, we watched The Star the other day. Anybody watch the movie The Star? It's a great movie. Love it. It's, it's really about the donkey who's carrying Mary. It's great. It's great. And, and it kind of romanticizes a lot of things. Uh, but we can't have this story in our heads where, you know, Mary and Joseph are like looking in each other's eyes, knowing everything that we know. And, you know, they're in a barn with the beautiful animals that are all clean, you know, and they're looking at baby Jesus. Oh, yeah, so great. Uh, and they're wearing their robes and their Birkenstocks. And there's an angel up on top. And, and here comes a three wise men singing the 12 days of Christmas, right? Like, I, I don't want to ruin the visuals for you, but let's have a look at this, okay? So with Mary, with Mary, for instance, think about this. You're a teenager. You're a teenager. You are living a, a, a life that is good. You're, you're good. You're going after God. Uh, it, you're upstanding, and you are ready to be with, like, a great guy for the rest of your life, like a good, good dude. Uh, and then before any of that happens... An angel comes and says, you're pregnant with God's baby. Don't worry. It'll all work out. Um, okay, what? Like that, like, 
excuse me, angel, right? So uh, I couldn't imagine the burden of it. Like, what, who, do you, who do you tell? Like, what the pressure that is on a teenager's shoulders with that, the weight of it, let alone how you explain any of this to, to anybody and what people would be saying. Imagine it. So let's look at this in Luke 1. We're going to pick this up in verse 28, and we're just going to see what happens. It says, the angel went to her and said, hey, greetings, you who are highly favored, Mary, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him to the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, so it says that she was greatly troubled, right? She, and, and you would be too. You know what I'm saying? Like you would be uh, too if you'd be afraid. So here's what I want to ask you today. I want to put this kind of on us a little bit. Uh, what are you anxious about right now? What, what is uh, binding you up right now? Is there anything going on that, that is worrying you in this season of life? Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's, you know, uh, uh, finances. Maybe it's a relationship. You know, maybe it's somebody close to you that's, that you want to be closer, but they're not. You, you know, it, here's, here's what I know. Like, in this room and out there, like, there are a lot of people filling the blanks right now with whatever I just said. What, what, what is it? What's binding you up? What, what's worrying you? And, and here's the thing. It's the first barrier that's, that could be in the way of joy with these things because what it could cause is a panic. That's the first thing that could be a barrier to joy is panic. Like, this is what was creeping in with Mary, right? She, but she... With this, okay, because she was greatly troubled, here's what I want us to see. She also had a choice. She also had a choice with the panic that wanted to come in. So let's see the choice that she made. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. And so here's what Mary did. Here's the choice that broke the barrier. She chose to trust God and accept his plan. So she chose to trust God. You know, I don't know, uh, I don't know where your worry lies. I don't know where your anxiety is at this point in time, but I'm going to tell you something right now. There is a key that can break through whatever that worry or anxiety is. There is a key that can actually allow joy in with whatever is happening. It won't even remove it, but it will, I'm telling you, it will change you around it, and it's this. It's to put whatever that is into God's hands. You know what I'm saying? To literally put it in God's hands to say, God... I can't handle this. I, 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 I can't do this. I'm, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you in this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put everything in this. It's bigger than me. I can't figure this out. I cannot figure this out on my own. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to accept your plan even though I don't understand it because I will not. Listen, everybody. I will not carry this on my own. I will not carry this on my own. This is exactly what Mary did at the first Christmas. Everybody has to make this decision at a point in your faith with God. Everybody has to make this decision. And it's the decision to say, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. God, you made me. You made me. You know me. You love me. Uh, your grace is here for me in Jesus. You gave me Jesus. You have a plan for my life. Trust is a choice that breaks through the barrier and brings joy into your life. So that's the first barrier that we want to look at and break through. And then Joseph, right? Think about his story. Man, 
Talk about an unexpected circumstance. Fun fact, fun fact about Joseph. Did you know uh, that in the entire account of the Christmas story, there is nowhere in the Bible that records a single word that he says? Isn't that interesting? But we do find out a whole lot about him. So uh, jump to Matthew 1, and we're going to look real quick about Joseph. Here's what it says about Joseph, Matthew 1, 19. So it says, And Mary's husband Joseph, uh, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, Resolve to divorce her quietly. Now, if that's the only thing you see, you're like, whoa, whoa, what's up with that, right? Like, doesn't seem like a good move, but let, let's talk about this for a second. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Joseph, but th- this does tell us a lot uh, that we need to know. First thing, it says that he's a just man, right? Just man. Now, that does not mean he's just a good man. It doesn't mean that he's just like, you know, good guy, went to church, you know, helped old ladies across the street and all that stuff, gave his money, and he's just really great dude. It, it means more than that. Here's what it means. This is why it matters to this idea of joy and, and breaking these barriers. It means that he was righteous. He was upright. He was following the law of God. He loved God. Like, he wanted nothing. Here's the thing. He wanted nothing. This is where it comes in. Nothing but to represent God as best as he could. Okay? Now carry that over. That's all he wanted to do. And he thought about his marriage that was coming to Mary and his family and his kids and all of this honoring God. He had that mapped out. This is going to be great. And we're going to live for God. And then Joseph gets this news. I mean, imagine it. Imagine it. It's hard to wrap our brains around how devastating this was because our culture is like so different with, with what this was. It was scandalous then. It was beyond scandalous how dare it broke sacred law that they followed. It broke that law. And there are a lot of emotions going on there, I'm imagining with him. Right? But I think one that I would feel, and it's a barrier to joy that I experience as well, and it's, it's the barrier of resentment. That's a barrier that could get in the way of joy. And we don't, uh, we don't know how Joseph found out. We don't know. He, it could have been from Mary. You know, it could have been from his folks. It could have been from the rumors that might have been swirling around in a small town. But we know that he finds out before the wedding, okay? He finds out before the wedding, and he finds out uh, before the time for them to start having kids. And I just, I don't know when, but I'm just imagining Mary trying to tell him right like her trying to tell Joe, don't worry like i uh i I've been, i have not been with another guy i haven't been with another guy it's from the holy spirit it's from the holy spirit joseph in this great and he's like no it's not great it's not great a baby conceived by the holy spirit like who's going to believe this and the answer everybody is nobody nobody's going to believe this And here's what will happen, because the only way that people are going to fill in the blanks is they're going to fill in the blanks with the wrong thing, the untrue thing. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's not okay. (laughs) It it, it doesn't feel good when you know people are filling the blanks with the wrong things. You know, maybe they were filling the blanks away. Maybe they were together before the the wedding. That's bad. That's really bad. Maybe she was probably with somebody else other than Joseph. Neither one of those are good. Uh, And there would be public humiliation for Mary. There would be disgrace on their family, mocking everything that they had planned for, gone. Just gone. And for him, the feeling, because he's like, I didn't do anything. The anger that could come, the bitterness that you could feel, this isn't the way that it's supposed to be. All that kind of comes flooding in. And it's in times like those is where you're going to find out a whole lot about yourself it is. In times like that, you're going to find a lot about yourself. So let's see what happens with Joseph. Verse 20 here. It says, okay, but as he can see, he's going to quietly divorce her. 
respectfully as he could, but it says, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for, for that which is conceived in her is from, is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, uh, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, I, that phrase in the front of this, as he considered those things, that's a huge phrase, everybody, because I think in that phrase, that's a sign that he was really trying to listen to God. You know, he was really trying his best. He was, he was still open to God's voice in this, and that's huge. Here, here was the choice that Joseph made. In the middle of that resentment, bitterness, all that stuff, he chose to let grace in. He chose to let grace come in. Here's what grace can do. It's awesome. Grace creates space. Grace creates room for God to come in, for God to work. The only way that God can work sometimes is to have grace allow that space for God to work because listen to me everybody if you can just give God that space he could do tremendous things with it tremendous things with that space you could give him he could do a lot and so here's my question to you as life is giving you these things these things that want to just get you towards that end of anger bitterness resentment and all those things are you giving that grace are you giving not not just God but somebody else are you giving that grace that space for God to work and let him come in and help it's a choice it's a choice that will lead to joy that will follow that decision uh, and the last barrier uh, is with the shepherds that's the last one we're going to look at today I love the shepherds in the Christmas story actually earlier this week uh, when we were driving to school one of my kids asked uh, you know what is my favorite Christmas character other than Jesus I'm glad they specified that because uh, I would have said Jesus. Anyways, is that other than Jesus? And my answer is the shepherds. I think the shepherds are my favorite. Uh, we can't get into all the details, but I feel like I can relate the most uh, to the shepherds. They're really common guys, and I just feel like I can relate to a lot uh, of things about shepherds. Uh, but we already saw what happened to them earlier uh, in Luke 2. Uh, they're in the fields, they're washing sheep, and an angel comes and says, Hey, Messiah's been born. Go find him, right? That's what they said. Go get him. Go, go after there and go find him. Now, if you're the shepherds, wouldn't you just have a follow-up question or two? Like, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, just quick Q&A, angel. Quick Q&A. Uh, uh, what about the sheep? Like, I, got, I would have a lot of questions. I would, so that's just me. Uh, and, and here's the thing. That is the barrier that can happen in order for us to stop experiencing joy. The barrier is that I need to know everything. That's a barrier that could come in. Here's what a lot of us want. Here's what a lot of us want. We want a map. God, hey, you give me the map of my life, and then I'll trust you. Then I'll approve of your plans, right? Like, it's like and you know, right, we want a map of, like, here's what you're going to be born and married. That's going to be great. You're going to have a little thing there, and then this is what's going to happen, and a job there, and this and that, and, and then you're going to die. And, and, like, that's kind of what we want without really thinking about it. We want it. And I'm going to tell you, God will never, ever do that. He will never, ever do that couple reasons why all right 
first reason is if you saw everything that's going to happen in your life, but you cannot control it, you would go mad, okay? You, I wouldn't want to know. I would not want to know, okay? You can't stop. You'd be a mess. You'd be a mess. Second reason why he would never give you a map for your life like that is you would never have to trust God. Why would you have to trust God? Like, you would never have to rely on him and, and come to him and, and pray uh, to him and ask him and, and all those things. It, it, so here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't care what anybody says out there. Nobody has a map like that. It doesn't exist. God does not give you a map like that. Neither did the shepherds, okay? Neither did the shepherds, but they still had a choice, all right? They had a choice. So, so let's see what they did. Verse 15 in Luke 2 says, all right. So when the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And I love this. So they hurried. They hurried. They didn't pause. They didn't wait. They weren't like, what about the sheep, right? They were just like, let's go. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And so here was the choice that they made with the barrier that could be in there. They just decided to take the next step. So with the barrier of like, I need to know everything, they broke through by just taking the next step with God. Some of you need to hear this. They didn't need to know what the fifth step was. They, they didn't need to know that one thing. As long as I know that one thing, God, then I'll take the first one. They, they said, no, I know what the next one is, and I'm gonna take that one. God gives you en enough faith for the next step. Did you know that? And he goes, trust me in the rest of it. Here's the great thing about this idea. Here, here's what I love. God may not give you a map, but I will tell you what he does give you. He gives you his light, and he gives you his son, Jesus. And I'm telling you, that's the greatest thing that he'll ever give you. Because we may not have a map, but I'll tell you what it is. When you look at that light, and when you look at the truth that is in Jesus, he'll give you a compass. And here's what the compass does. The compass says, there's the direction. And here's what I love about the compass, because then we choose, all right, I'm gonna head in that direction, and I get to choose the adventure I go on with God. That the more I'm in his light, the more I'm in his word, the more I know the direction is. But, but I get to take the turns and, and I get to navigate the trails and I get to go through this great adventure that God wants me to have. That's how I see it and it's an amazing adventure. And the more I'm, uh, I'm in tune with Jesus and his word, uh, the less switchbacks I have, the less briar patches I'll go through in life. Does that make sense? And I love the compass that God gives us. I love the idea that that's what he did. did. And, and that's what this shepherd's experience. They're like, all right, let's just take the next step. All right, God, you're saying go in that direction. That, that's where I'm gonna go. And they, and they never, here's what I'm gonna tell you. They never would have experienced the joy without taking the first step. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it. You miss it in your faith. Because you want to know everything that's going to happen before I take the first step, God. But that's not how faith works. That's not what God says. So we've got to take the next step with God to break through that barrier uh, of needing to know everything. And the joy will come as we take the next step. So uh, as we get ready for Christmas, as we get ready uh, you know, for over the next couple weeks, we're going to look at a few more things that joy is going to do. We're going to look at sharing joy, what, how that brings more joy in, the share joy that we have. And then we're going to look at how we can have a sustaining joy uh, through our lives, not just during Christmas, but through our lives. But uh, I want to end today with just a reminder uh, about a few things as we talk about choosing joy. Just some things to remind you of as we're thinking about, hey, where am I at with the joy that Jesus brings? So first thing that I want to remind you of is this about joy, is that joy is something God can restore. Joy is something God can restore. Psalm 51, 12, I love, says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, God. I love the ownership of that. 
tis, right? Restore to me the joy of your salvation. So if you ever find yourself in a place where joy is not filling you up, just remember this. God is in the business of restoring it in your life. Isn't that good to know? He always wants to restore that in you at any point. Uh, and it's not, here's the thing, it's not some just generic joy. It's the joy of your salvation. Do you remember the day of your salvation, what filled you up? It's amazing to think about the joy of like, oh my goodness, I, he's real. Oh man, I'm saved from sin and death. And here's what he's saying. What can get restored to you. Uh, so the joy that you get there isn't just that, that one time in 1995. It's every day you can experience that same exact joy. I love that. He can restore. Here's a second one. The joy is produced by the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is important. This means it is not you produced. That's good news. Because here's what happens, gang. If you see it eluding you, if you're like, oh man, then, then here's what I'll say. You're just probably looking in the wrong place. You just gotta look in the right place. I love Galatians 5. Galatians 5 talks exactly about what the, the Holy Spirit does. He produces amazing things in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, come on. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. One of the, oh man, repeat it. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to give you is joy. He wants to produce joy in you. So if, this, if you don't see joy being produced in you, then it's important to consider that, hey, maybe something's being a barrier. Just to, God, and then here's what you get to do. You get to go, God, what's producing that barrier? And God, restore it back to me. Holy Spirit, I want this to come out in me and through in me. And so, man, I know that you are bigger. And so here's the thing. Knowing that joy doesn't come from me, that it's coming from something bigger and better than me, I think that helps us. And then we just go to the source to find it third thing to remember is that it's always there oh always there always there don't forget that i think the more i read about joy in the bible the more i think it points to this that I, just for me that god insists on joy being prevalent in our lives he insists on it He's like, I, I want that for you, and I want you to get it. And why I think God is so relentless about joy being there for us is because his foundation is, is his son, Jesus Christ. That's why he is so insistent on it. That he, here's why, gang, because Jesus committed his life and death for it. That he's like, I want to bring you salvation, and joy is tied right in with there. And so that's why I think God is so insistent about it. So God tells us, joy doesn't come from how you feel. It comes from something that nobody can ever take from you. It's always there. Because joy is based on who God is. God's love for you. Joy is based on God's love for you. That never changes. Joy is based on the fact that we have God's grace. That never changes. Joy is based on the fact that God will never leave me, never forsake me. That never changes. God, joy is based on the fact that God will always forgive me if I come to him. That never changes. Joy is always there. That never changes. He's consistent, and he will always want you to have it. And that never, ever changes, and he will always have it for us. And it's just good to know. Isn't it, everybody? Yes. Yes. It's awesome. I have more, but I'm out of time. Let's see. God, um, man, thank you for joy. I, I'm, I'm ready to not just see the word, but I just want this word to just have a meaning in me because it's rooted in Jesus. He came to give us joy, He came to bring us salvation. And, and I think if we can understand 
how to wrap our minds around how tied into salvation joy is uh, and how badly you want us to experience it, that we can really go after these barriers are getting away uh, and just see how you can help us to get through them. Give us the courage, I always pray this, uh, not just to see what's going on, but the courage to take the step in you to get rid of things and usher more things in that you want us to have. We love you. I pray over this Christmas season. For, for the men and women here, families here, that, that, that we just want to make this about you. And so, man, I just want to make this about a joy-filled Christmas in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, that concludes our service. Hope you come back next time for the next installment of Joy. Hey, we got reading plans out there. If you want to grab one, an Advent reading plan, make sure you grab that on your way out. See you next Sunday.